everyone, and welcome to the Attack in the Championship podcast, episode 16 already. My name's Tom Butterfield, I'm your host, and let me welcome our resident guest, our certified data analyst, our scout, our FA licensed coach and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Tom. Yeah, how thanks, are you? Yeah. yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Good week good. so far, lots of football going on, so it's been, uh, yeah. it's been good fun. Yeah, there's loads of football, football last night, football again tonight. Yeah, championship good results football. last night, actually, as, as yeah. usual, some going against what you'd expect. As always, yeah, in this division, it's um, impossible, isn't it, to really no, call any of it. You can't pick it, can you? You can't no. pick it. You think you have you think you know, and then all of a sudden you realise you really don't. <laughs> no, exactly. Today, yeah. David, we're because we've got the January transfer window looming up nice and quick, which would be good fun, we thought we'd run through some sort of scenarios, didn't we? Because as we've said in the in the recruitment process episodes that we've talked through, for recruitment and with, with the data and the analytics, it's all about trying to sort of be ahead of the game, isn't it? We don't want to be reactive with our recruitment. We want to be proactive. So I'll hand over to you and you can just say what the idea we've had for today's episode and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, the premise really is we, well, we started out looking at our list of top attacking contributors which is a dynamically building list so um players are you if you've listened to the earlier episodes you'll know sort of the fundamentals of it but players are operating in three roles attacking support roles chance creator roles and striker roles and they get credits for the scores they achieve basically mm-hmm. and then gradually it builds into a list and we can try and figure out and keep a running score of the the biggest contributors from an attacking point of view. So we started off with the top 50 of our list, and we went down from number one and pulled out for each team um, the top-performing attacking contributor. And at the end of that mini-exercise, 20 of the 24 teams in the championship had provided a contributor. So four actually didn't have a player in the top 50, mm. but the other 20 did. And so what we've therefore done is we've got these 20 players who we would say, look, as far as the teams are concerned, these are seriously important players and players that they are, you could you could say that they're heavily dependent upon. And that doesn't mean to say that certainly the likes of Leeds United and Leicester City, for example, mm. are without anybody to 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 replace them because they've got they've each of them I think have got three players in the top fifty. But nevertheless, they're they're players that they would very much miss if heaven forbid, you know, they got injured or mm-hmm. another club came along and said, Well, thanks very much. We'll take him, please. Yeah. And of course, we're coming up to the transfer window. That's the kind of thing that can happen. And the kind of thing that any prudent club will be doing will be constantly looking at their playing squad, not only trying to assess the players they don't think are up to the job that they need them to do, but assessing the ones that very much are on the basis that, you know, other people will have noticed that. And, you know, there may be that they'll get unwanted approaches for these players. Mm. So obviously if you're a, 
in, involved in recruitment or if you if you're involved in a football club anywhere, you need to be keeping an eye on this situation, don't you? So absolutely. Um, we've we've tried the premise of this episode is we've we're we're looking at these clubs and we're saying, okay, who is the player who sort of is standing out as top of their attacking contrib- contributors? And the next stage is we went out into the marketplace. We and again, if you've listened to previous episodes, this will be a familiar process for you. We, from this massive universe of players, hundreds of thousands of players, we built a sample. And today we're going to be looking at strikers um, of the three player roles. And we've, so we built a, a sample of 250 strikers. And when we say strikers, I suppose it bears some qualification because. It's it, the lines are becoming more and more blurred. I think mm. between the roles. Um, yes. So some players that we talk about will be out and out. Everybody will say, "Well, of course, you know, they're a centre forward, they're a striker." Some of them will be players that people will say. Some people will say, well, "I don't think of him as a striker. I think of him an attacking midfielder or a winger or whatever." Yeah. And we've got our own way of kind of trying to intelligently classify these players. And we think hopefully it's, there's some intelligence there. So um, what we tried to do is build this sample of players that that are doing similar things to the things that these highly um, productive attacking contributors are doing. Mm-hmm. And then from that list, we're then using our um, evaluation model, which allows us to specify uh, a set of key performance indicators, things like quality delivery, um, goal threat, incisive passing, timing of runs, mobility, those kinds of things that you hear at the training ground and say, right, I want you to take these 250 players and I want you to rank them in order of who is the strongest at these key performance indicators that I've picked out. And typically you'll pick out maybe five or six, depending on on the player. So what you're doing is, and you we'll start to do this in a minute, so it'll hopefully become clearer. You'll take the player that you're, you're seeking to find potential replacements for, you'll, you'll uh, allocate them as the exemplar in the model, and then you'll look at their profile and say, well, what does that tell us? Where are this? Where are this? Are these is this uh, key? This player's key strengths, and let's order the the sample in that order, and then we'll find hopefully players that are, you know, legitimate potential replacements for the player. So hopefully that Definitely. makes some kind of sense. Yeah, absolutely, um, and it, and it does make a lot of sense. But how many times have we have we seen players get transferred to replace a player, especially if it's a last minute transfer window deal and a player comes in who bears no resemblance in a playing style way to the other, but they're a good player. So their team signs them and doesn't yeah. always work out, does it? Well, exactly. I mean, I was funnily enough, I was just listening to something earlier about Man United and I know uh-huh. we're talking about the championship, but and and one of the arguments there that I know is being used a lot is look, it doesn't seem to be any real um you know any real strategy any real sort of order to the recruitment process where 
as you say, they seem to be looking out into the market and saying, where are the good players? Where are the best players? We want those players rather than this is how we play. The way we play, our playing style Mm -hmm. dictates that we need these roles and those roles dictate that we need players who are strong in these areas. And, you know, the the thing fits together. So Mm -hmm. we're trying to look at it in that way. We're trying to say, you know, we'll take the first. So the first player that we that we came up with was the number one in in the list of attacking contributors so far, which is um, Crescencio Somerville at Leeds, mm-hmm. who season, he, he's having a great season. But he is a typical example of some. You, you might say, well, "Hang on, he's not a striker." Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so it depends how you want to view it. What he's done for Leeds is what you would expect somebody in the the striking role to be doing. I suppose that's the best way Mm -hmm. that we would explain our rationale to it. Um, And so we've picked him out because he's number one and he's obviously because he's number one, he's Leeds number one contributor. Mm -hmm. And we've said, well, let's kind of, let's put forward the, the, the scenario that for some reason, Leeds need to replace him in January. And what do they do? Yeah, which is which is great because we're gonna see this a lot, aren't we? I mean, there's there's been a few stories come out about different players. And it's it's quite a nice I think it's quite a fun exercise for for fans to do anyway. It's like, well, you know, we want our players to do well, but we don't want them to do too well, because what if someone comes in and takes them? Who would we replace them with? And uh, this is what we're going to walk through, isn't it? Yeah. Well, typically as well, because it's the championship, Tom, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the if it's the top of the Premier League you're looking at, I suppose yeah. you're a little bit insulated because you think, well, there isn't very much above this yeah. and there's I certainly we... not very much financially above it. Yeah. I think we said on one of the first episodes, didn't we, maybe even the the introduction to the to the whole series, the whole podcast, was that it's a great league that no one really wants to be playing in. They all, no, exactly. they'll want to be they'll want to be a league up, don't they? Because it's yeah. just you know this this promised land of the of the Premier League for for yeah. chairman, for players, for staff, for fans, everything. So well, yeah, there's and, always that danger. You're right, and if you looked at, I mean, if you tried to get inside Somerville's head, and he might be thinking to himself, I'm sure he would admit this. Well, hang on, Leicester seemed to be running away with it. Ipswich mm-hmm. seemed to be refusing to, yeah, you know, lay down, and mm-hmm. and they seem to be. They're there every every much every bit as much there as as Leicester are, yeah. um, and there's only two that will go up. And then if we end up, if Leeds end up in the in the four, which I think they're not, I think they're, they're going to at least end up in the ta- in the playoffs. But if so, they yeah. do, yeah, am I going to be playing in the Premier League next mm. year? It's a lot. You know, I mean, it? so it's it's one of those. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's a tricky one. So we've we've picked him out and. Um, We've come up with our list of of players, and we really, I mean, this list, before we sort of dive in to talk about specific players, perhaps, interestingly, perhaps, number two in this list is Mavadidi at Leicester. Right, um, okay. Now, there's no way Leicester are selling Mavadidi to Leeds. <laughs> I mean, no. I wouldn't have thought unless, you know, there was some real yeah, political maneuvers going on but i mean yeah. so you could kind of rule that one out but he's got players like isaacson at, at um at lazio 
Um, God, I'm sorry, but who's who's number four in this list? We have Guia Vogui at Longs. Ooh. Yeah. Gila Vogui? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, mate, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite the listeners to go and have a look for a, a striker at Long called yeah. um, Gila Gila Voji and just let us Something know how like you would uh, how you pronounce it. Yeah, and then you've got a couple of players at like Leverkusen who are just going to be, I think, too much money. Yeah, um, Adley and Boniface, mm-hmm. you know, which are probably going to be more than you know even Leeds would want to spend. And then number seven, it brings us to our first, the first player that we wanted to kind of dig into a little bit more, didn't it? Yeah. Um, um, Albert Goodmanson mm-hmm. at Genoa. Yeah, he's um, he's an interesting, interesting player actually, isn't he? Old Albert. He is. Yeah. Uh, he's had a pretty good season. He seems to be more of a left-sided player, doesn't he, than uh, than just straight down the middle. He does, yeah. I mean, he's a he is a perhaps a bit more of an outright um, striker than you know we've just talked about the mm-hmm. maybe what Somerville is. Um, Goodmanson is a bit more of a sort of primarily a striker, but as you say, if you look at his heat maps and you look at where he's tended to play, seems to be left hand side, yeah, a bit more than than anywhere else. Um, 26 years old. Yeah. Um, so you know, he's older than Somerville, but he's still a, a reasonable age. Probably from a, an investment point of view, that would be considered to be um slightly, you know, if they had to pay a lot of money for him. And mm-hmm. I think he's I think you know, the best the best we can do seems to be suggesting that he might be around about 12 million euros mm-hmm. or 10 million pounds. But of course, once yeah. negotiations start, that can change quite rapidly. Who knows rapidly. where the anchor is set. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we he's going to be a lot of money and, mm. you know, he's got, well, Somerville's got three years on him, two, four yeah. years on him. So yeah. that's the know, thing, isn't it? 26 is a funny age because you, you know, it's obviously not old for a footballer, but, if you sign someone at 26, you're probably looking at signing someone on a three to four year contract, aren't you? Yeah. Quite a lot of the time. Yeah. And then there's probably not, well, the, the sell on value, the asset value is going to be a lot less, isn't it? By the time you get to that, that sort of age, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, I mean, the trend in recent years has been, I think more towards looking for investments in looking for asset value to be Mm. strong. I think, you know, once upon a time, it seemed to be more about, well, what have they done? And, mm-hmm. you know, let's see how high they've, they've, what's the highest level they've played and and proved themselves at. Well, of course, yeah. that kind of thing takes time. So mm-hmm. you tend not to find a 22-year-old like Somerville who, who can show you a CV of of years yeah. and years at a high level because they yeah. just don't have the years in, in behind no, them. exactly. Um, but what they do have is the potential. Um, and I think, you know, lots of times that, that I think clubs look at the best examples where clubs have paid five million and, and sold a player for 25 million, don't they? They look yeah. at that and think, you know, if we can just uncover somebody, there's more risk associated with it because there's less to hang your hat on because the player's younger. Mm-hmm. And we all know, you know, 
the sample size is smaller. They've mm-hmm. played for they've played fewer games, so you can be less certain of it. But you know, you're paying a lot. I think the trend is people, clubs are more inclined to pay a premium for youth, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it seems to be. And then, like you say, if you can have have them for four or five years, uh, even even then they've still got quite a good sell on value, haven't they, to, to other clubs? And and you yeah. hope they've amassed some good performances and, and minutes at a high level uh, to make teams more. Um, more confident in spending their spending their money. I mean, Brighton have done it fantastically well, haven't they? With was it Caicedo? Yeah. Um, probably all to Chelsea. To be fair, and they, you know, well, yeah, send them all to yeah. there. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's that's the model that a lot of teams are looking for, isn't it? Is to is to get players in. Yeah, uh, maybe not not the polished diamond that that they could be. Because uh, I mean, certainly, I don't know too much about. Uh, Albert Good- Goodmanson, but that's kind of the point, isn't it? Because if everyone knew everything about him and we all knew he was great, he probably wouldn't be at Jenner anymore. It'd be he'd be somewhere else. Well, yeah, I mean, and he won't. He's going to be money, isn't he? I mean, he's going to. Yeah. It's not like they're going to be picking him up for two or three million. He's no, he's going to exactly. be ten million or some, or it could be more. You know, could be more. Because last week we looked at the the general strengths of leagues, didn't we? Yes. Um, what's the off off the top of your head, do you know what the strength of the of Serie A is compared well, to the the Championship from a percentage point of view? I would imagine that Serie A would be higher than the than the Championship, and obviously the the style would be different. But I'd be interested to see what the what the difference was because I think we saw that that Ligue 1 was sort of ten percent higher, didn't we, than the than the yeah. Championship last well, week? Serie A in Italy. As opposed to Serie A in Brazil, because <laughs> I've fallen for that one a few times. <laughs> um, so he's he's really in between, I would say, um, the Championship and and the Premier League. Okay, um, it's it's probably it's not it's probably closer to the Premier League level than it is Championship level, gotcha. but it's not quite as high as the, as as the champ as the Prem. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, and their their second division there is a bit le- is a bit lower than the championship. So okay. yeah, it's one of those. I mean, so yeah, I mean, he's certainly going to be. Yeah, you you'd expect playing. him to be able to deal with the the technical side of it. Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it's just whether the the physical side of it. But yeah, maybe you have a little bit more faith. You know, Icelandics are generally fairly hardy. Hardy folk, aren't they? So they are, I think they're yeah. going to mind a little bit of uh, tussling in the away to Rotherham or something. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, yeah, you do tend to think like that without mm. wanting to be too sort of st- without wanting to stereotype yeah. people. But because mm. one of the things there haven't been a huge number of players coming from Italy and doing well mm. in in the UK. Yeah, not in the same way as they have from some other. Not when you give. Not when you consider. The strength of that country as a footballing sure. nation, you mm. would have thought on the face of it that they, you know, they would have produced more success stories than they have. Yeah. But I think the argument has always been, well, it's a different style of play. It's slower. It's less physical. Um, mm. it, you know, it's and and when they get here, they struggle with the physicality. But yeah. then again, as you say, that the Scandinavians and the Northern Europeans um, have tended to 
switch into the the general style quite comfortably. Yeah, haven't they? They tended to do pretty pretty well, haven't they? I can't yeah. think of too many that, that have really sort of fallen flat on their face, but yeah, that'd so, be interesting. No, so, no, so that would be a combination. That would be a combination, wouldn't it? That would be mm. somebody that hopefully you might think has got that kind of physical um, capability, but also yeah. playing in a very technically accomplished. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Uh, There's a course division. Uh, Leeds would would be hoping to get into the Premier League, wouldn't they? So, yeah, you you're looking at a league where you need that technical expertise, don't you? you need to be able to go yeah. at that higher level. And if he's already done that, yeah, then, um, that would give you a little bit more sort of security, I suppose, wouldn't it? I mean, if there is yeah. such a thing, yeah, uh, or that little bit of confidence that, that maybe you you're getting a decent a decent player, and then if they do go up, and if he has a decent uh, season in the in the Premier League, then of course that asset value goes through the roof, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean you look at you look at his age and, and the age of the next player we're going to talk about, and they're not in the same mould as the as the as the Somervilles of this world where mm. you know they're just coming into their finding their feet really and we're finding out how good they are at 22, 23. He's 26, Goodmanson. Um but to what degree are is the club, and I don't know the answer to this at the moment because obviously everything's changing at Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, to what degree are the club looking at? Well, we need we need results now to get us where we want to be. Or to what degree are they doing what I think Brighton did, which is didn't ignore the now, but mm-hmm. they were very much driven by, as you say, building a squad mm-hmm. with a view to you yes. know next season, the season after where you say we don't want to find that we've, you know, we've achieved our short-term objective, but what we've done is we've saddled ourselves with players that aren't really going to be able to give us the next five years. They might only be able to give us another couple of years. So, yeah, yeah, and that might kind of play into this, mightn't it? 26 isn't old, let's be honest, but um, it's not 22, is it? So No, exactly. um, Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that and I what think that's they do, the thing, really. isn't it? I mean, you would imagine that Leeds would not want to sell Somerville under any circumstance because of because of those things. The age and the level of performance is, yeah. is fantastic. I mean, he's number yeah. one for a reason. Yeah. But this is the thing, isn't it? If you're going to be proactive with these things, you need to run these scenarios through your head and say, well, if a if an un you know if, if an offer came in tomorrow that we couldn't turn down, and yeah. an offer that the player didn't want us to turn down. Yeah, you know, we've we've got to be we've got to be ahead of the game, haven't we? Well, yeah, because it's not all down to you, is it? Even if you think it should be, even if you if you think, you know, like certain owners that we've come mm-hmm. across in in the in recent years that well, hang on, players signed a contract, he should be as good as his word, mm. but we know it's it's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, clubs um, don't always keep their word, do they? Of course, so no, and. Uh, it's a funny thing. We could talk about this one time, you know, yeah. about the, the 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 concept of the player club contact contract because mm. I think it's interesting, you know, because yeah. usually, you know, we won't go on about it too much now, but usually the, the contract doesn't really reflect the reality for very long. Mm. If you took any any say four year contract. Either the club's paying the player more than they feel they should, or mm-hmm. the player's getting paid less than he feels he should. But they're both under contract. Yeah. So that's the deal. Yeah. Now, so 
what what you're doing is when you sign the contract, you're trying to reflect what the player is able to contribute now, but make mm-hmm. provisions for what the player might be able to contribute in one, two, three, four years' time. Sure. Yeah, it's very exactly. difficult. So it's that's why you get this problem, is that you don't have – if you were renewing contracts every year, you wouldn't have the problem, would you? But we're trying to say, sit down now and say, I'm looking ahead four years – and I'm trying to structure a deal which is going to be fair and reasonable and reflective of reality for the whole duration of this contract. And it's not it's not difficult to see why that doesn't that comes unstuck a lot. No, absolutely. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's that. Um, and of course, what seems like a perfectly fair contract, like you say, one year, all it takes is one injury, one tackle from a player and all of a sudden it's it's worthless, isn't it? Yeah, but that's exactly. that's the gamble, isn't it? Because you want to yeah. try and if you offer a a one year contract to a a fantastic player who could be the future of your club, they're not going to take that either. They're going they're going to want security because they know that one tackle could change everything. So they want to yeah. make sure they're they're secure in in their future as well. It cuts both ways, doesn't it? And you mm. and you've got to you know, and so you, you can't be too surprised when you get this sort of issue. It's not it's not cut and dried where no. either player or club can say well it should be this way because you're trying no, to do exactly. something it's kind of difficult to do um so that's that's the first player on the list that mm-hmm. we sort of picked out as being a potential um move they've we've got players in here um that you know we've got players where i think probably they would be looking a little bit higher up the up the league leagues really mm-hmm. but the next player we came to was he chan huang at uh wolves yeah, yeah decent player. Um, he is. good player but 27 years old is the first thing yeah. you might say so you know similar kind of situation mm-hmm. to goodmanson not quite in the mold of of somerville in that sort of asset mm-hmm. um investment uh perspective is it interesting if mm. if you were to it'd be interesting to see what the the fans of clubs would say was if Somerville if Wolves came in for a bid with Somerville and they said we'll give you uh you know we'll swap we'll do Wang for Somerville just a straight swap um who would feel they're getting the best best end of the deal there because you've got mm. one guy in Wang who's shown that he can score goals in the Premier League yeah. and and be a very, you know, very useful player in the Premier League. And you've got Somerville, on the other hand, who's very young, probably a higher ceiling potentially yes. than, than Thwang, for, for sure. Yeah. But potential is not reality, is it? No, it's not. Um, and and again, you know, you might look at that either way, mightn't you, and say, mm. well, it might, he could turn out to be a far better player. Yeah. Couldn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, and for sure. You know, or you could find that when he makes the step up, it's a bit of a step. Because it is, I mean, um, it's a massive step. Isn't it, it is a so massive Premier step. League, it's, of course it's it a is. huge step. Yeah. So that that would yeah. be interesting for me is is that side of it and and whether the player, whether Wang would want to sort of step down to Leeds. But, you know, it's, it's a, you know, is, is Leeds a bigger club than, than Wolves? 
it's, well, it's, God, it's not much between it, is there? <laughs> no. To be honest, there's not much between it. Whatever we say to that, Tom, we're going yeah, to we're going to be wrong, water. right? <laughs> so yeah, no, there's no. They're there two really, two really big. They're clubs, big clubs. They? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. So um, Huang's playing kind of left or right. Seems mm-hmm. to be comfortable, really. Either either side, which would um, suit Leeds, wouldn't it? Yeah, it suit them. You know, they've got Dan James so. and, and yeah, and Ritter, and 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 you could have Huang uh, sort of moving around, sort of between the three. Yeah. Um. So that could be a, a possibility, I think. But again, some of the issues that we we've, we've just sort of alluded to really have been would would apply there. You're, it's yeah, not quite sure. the same kind of prospect at, at 27 years old no and, and because um, i suppose because huang's played in the premier league and produced in the premier league that's going to be baked into the price as well isn't it yeah well th- that's true i mean the other thing is immediately you become part of a squad a premier league squad mm. your at least your theoretical value seems to go up doesn't yeah. it? and he's he's starting quite a lot of games as well isn't he yeah so it's, it's not like he's he's you know, barely played any minutes. He's, no. he's played, played and produced. Yes, yeah. Um, so that's okay. So that's the second one that we kind of jumped on, mm. and then the third one, I suppose, is a little bit different. We picked out um, Amdouni at Burnley, mm. and he's a bit more of a. He's a bit similar, more similar in the sense of his age, twenty three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's going to could be money, Tom. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be decent money for many of the same reasons that we've just we've just talked about. Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting player. Actually, I've seen a few bits of him playing for Burnley. He looks good. He looks very lively. Yeah. Um, and and again, he's got Premier League minutes. He's got Premier League experience. Yeah. You know, would would you want to? Would you be happy swapping a Somerville for for an Amdouni? I, I don't think there's there's much in that, to be honest with you. No, maybe not. I mean, I don't know how Burnley would feel about that in reality. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously he's going to be he's going to be quite important to them. Absolutely, to yeah. say the least. So that's the thing. Those uh, those last two, Huang and Amdouni, that's you wouldn't think Leeds would want to sell Somerville at all. No, and you don't actually get the feeling that Wolves or Burnley would want to get rid of those guys either, because they wouldn't. seem quite, quite sort of important to them. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I suppose thinking about it from the players' point of view, mm-hmm. you know, and looking at where they would feel under pressure, although they're playing in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, they're not playing at teams in the Premier League who would consider themselves particularly secure in the Premier League. No, that's right. Players look at this. Players all, yeah. you know, it's all very well having having a contract that reflects the level that you're playing at and wages that reflect it. But you have to consider the likelihood of being able to to, to get those wages, don't you? So, yes. you know. There was if, a story, wasn't there, with um, the West Brom goalkeeper and Luton. I think Luton put a, an offer in, didn't they? Yeah, and I believe, from what I read anyway in the articles, that the the reason he didn't go was the fact that the the contract showed a a, a huge drop in in wage if they got relegated. Mm. And you know, you could you could say, well, surely he just wants to play in the Premier League. 
But I think people forget that these players are also people. And I wonder how many people would be happy moving jobs and saying, oh, this is a great opportunity. But if these projects that we've maybe got in the pipeline don't work, then we're going to have to cut your wage by 75%. Mm. How many people would be keen to to make the move from from what they're, they're sort of securing at the moment? Yeah. I'm not sure many would. Well, you can't divorce the possibility of the thing happening. Yeah, can exactly. You, you, you've got to take into, as I say, it's all very well to say, well, look, here's your wage in the champ, here's your wage in the prem, mm. um, and get excited about that. But then you've got to ask yourself the question, if I'm signing a three, four-year deal, whatever, mm-hmm. what do I really think the chances are for the, each of those years that I'll be in one division or the other? Mm. And then you've got to try and you've got to then try and quantify the value of that contract by taking the combination of or the product, the really what would you say the product of the wage, the annual wage, and the possibility of getting there. Mm-hmm. And kind of adding it up. I mean, that, that's how you got to look at these things, haven't you? And say, well, and and I think players playing in the Premier League, unless they're playing in clubs that are uh, for clubs that are very secure, and there aren't yeah. many of those. No. Um, they're always going to have a look, be looking over their shoulder. Mm. Uh, well, who's coming up? And yeah. you know, what's the chances I'm going to be here next year? What's the chances they're going to be? Here? So all that yeah. plays into it. Yeah, it's kind it of interesting, but yeah, it is. It um, is. You know. So um, I, I think I think those three players we picked out though shows the quality that Somerville has, isn't it? That Somerville yeah. is is being, you know, we've got potential replacements there. A guy doing well in Serie A, uh, and two guys who are already, you know, playing in the Premier League and and looking yeah. like they they belong there as well. So yeah, uh, it's interesting. But it, it's also it's also kind of interesting and slightly provocative what you say about the swap you know uh-huh. what if yeah. one club says look how about a swap mm. you know we'd like to take so and so but then you're looking but then as much as Amdouni might be looking over his shoulder as you mm-hmm. say is is Somerville going to be interested in going to a Premier League club that he thinks might have less chance of staying in the Premier League than yeah. Leeds would if he goes up with Leeds yeah, and then you have to exactly. factor in what's the chances he goes up with Leeds yeah you know, it's a, it's a it's a tricky one. It's, it's hard, an interesting it? one. It's, it's a very hard, interesting one. Because I th- I think if if I was if I was a twenty two year old, you know, like Somerville performing the way he is, you would have to back yourself that if he didn't get up this year with Leeds, someone would come knocking. Mm. You know, mm. even if it was one of the teams like a like a Leicester City or a Southampton yeah. or you know whoever goes goes up. Yeah. Um, whether an Ipswich would be the same, I think the size of the club is is different. Um, mm. But certainly, I think if it was a Leicester City came in and said, "Right, okay, you, you didn't make it up, um, but we we want to take you on from from what you've done last year." Yeah, uh, I, I think you'd you'd probably back yourself. And, and I think if you're playing well in a team, you're probably better to stay in there. You know, with a manager who obviously trusts you, you feel confident in the in the role as well. Yeah, you go somewhere else. You don't, even though we're saying we think these players would fit the roles. Managers don't always have the same ideas, do they? No, they don't. No, they might play him as a target man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, certain managers might. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. So that that's the Leeds situation with Somerville. I mean, as we said, Leeds Mm -hmm. have got 
more than just one player making major attacking yeah. contributions this year, yeah. but we've just picked one. So, you know, the others, well, yeah, they're we like the same kind of... the others, couldn't we? We but, could have. There's there's at least another two that we could have looked at. But Well, if there's any if there's any transfer rumours come up about the other two, maybe we can we can touch yeah. on them another time. But, yeah. uh, but for now, we'll move on to our, our next team and our next player. Yeah. So the next player in our list of 50 attacking contributors is Steffi Mavadidi at Leicester. Mm-hmm. And very, very similar in many ways to Somerville. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, you know, depending on on the, the specific key performance indicators you pick out, mm-hmm. there's probably still going to be one and two. Yeah. You know, they're very similar um, yeah. but in what they deliver. Mavadidi, a bit, a little bit older, twenty five. So you know, some of those have got the edge in the sense of giving perhaps a bit more um, investment value there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mavadidi's still a good age, isn't he? Yeah, um, and he's and he's played in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah. So you you know he he could do a job for you if you if you went up. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I mean, I don't know. I think. Um, He's he's going to be, I guess somebody is going to be is going to be looking at all of these players. Some clubs will be looking at them, so there is always that possibility that you know that you need to make a provision for not being for not having your main contributor, isn't there? Definitely. So if in that case, what would Leicester do? And again, Leicester are not without good. Attacking options. There's no yeah, doubt they've, about that. They've got uh, they've got people around, haven't they? They can they've certainly call around. upon. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, but in this case, so we we've picked out. I mean, many of the names. To be honest, almost all of the names on our list of fifty from our sample of potential replacements are similar. Are, are the same? Almost all of them, but they're in slightly different orders. But what we've thought we'd do here is just pick out a couple that we haven't looked at. A lad at Lazio called Gustav Tang Ik Isaksen. Oh, very a good. Danish player. Yeah. 22 years old, a good age again. Really yeah, good absolutely. age. Um and you know, has played kind of primarily on the right hand side, mm-hmm. but he's left footed. He's one of these kind of, you know, likes to cut in and use his left foot yep. from the right-hand side. And obviously, um, you know, kind of might fit in nicely with Mavadidi because it's not a million miles from his style, is it? No, absolutely. So, um, you know, he's uh, – what would you say? I mean, he is, as apart from being um, – He's played, from being a, played in the Champions League this year as well, which is – which is yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I've been a been a very regular starter for, for Lazio. I think he's got a, a hamstring injury at the moment, so he's not played in a little while. But um but no, he looks looks good. Regular player for Denmark under twenty ones as well, seems to contribute well there as far as attacking output's concerned. Um yeah. and he was signed from uh Mitterland, I think. Well, that's a pretty good uh, CV, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, is that where is that the 
are they affiliated in a in a way with Brentford? Yes, Midland. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I think they're owned by the. I think. Um, I think the owners the same, isn't it? Or they've I think, got a share uh, in them. Matthew Benham owns them, I believe. Anyway, whether yeah. whether I'm not quite sure exactly I've, what the... I've heard, and, and whether it's true or not, that a lot of the they'll use Midland as as almost like a, a test ground, if you like. Yeah, and some of the some of the things that they would then take to Brighton, they'd first tested at Midland. Uh, to Brentford, see if they yeah, would, yeah. yeah, see if they'd work, and then and then take them over. So I'd imagine the recruitment process would be would be similar. Well, they're heavily they're heavily into you know data analysis and mm. in every respect, not just in yeah. recruitment, but in you know in looking at opposition analysis and game analysis and looking mm. at their own squad and everything. So yeah, it's very much um, on their you know on their list of of ways that you should approach the game so yeah, um absolutely. yeah i mean he a product from of them so yeah and and you know good a good level we've already talked about it a bit yeah um and he was so, he was very good i mean from a from an output point of view you're thinking he's 22 now but he started playing in the first team four years ago so yeah. you know coming as an 18 year old and he's almost averaging a goal every four games as a as a winger slash forward at, at that age at that level is is pretty good isn't it yeah and he's already played over 100 career games yeah i don't know if he's if he's plays as regularly as i mean he's he play he hasn't played i don't think this season as he's played that many minutes in serie a no he's had he's had a bit of a uh, hamstring injury yeah counts yeah so I think even before uh, that, I don't know if he was kind of quite, you know, I don't think he was like, you know, starting every yeah. game or so, you know, I don't know. I think he's, his quality is there, mm. uh, but that of course could, could, it could make him more likely to be available if he's not yeah. playing yeah, the games that part. he'd like to feels he should be and all, yeah, all players in, a, in my in experience feel they should always be playing yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so um, a different a different sort of situation to the likes of Huang and, and Amduni where yeah they seem to be more key parts of of the attacking output for their team yeah maybe this guy would be someone that if you put in a decent offer they they'd be willing to to part ways perhaps they might and you know if he's not playing as regularly as he'd like to he might yeah. consider himself kind of better off yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he, he looks like one that you know you'd want to you'd want to be looking at. Yeah, you'd want to kick the tires on him for, for yeah. sure, wouldn't you? See what you would. What the situation was. Good age, good pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing at a club that are strong in a strong yeah. league. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot going for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, just that mm-hmm. he, he's not. If he was shining now, if he was playing all the time and shining, he wouldn't be. No, he 10 million quid or whatever he's going to be, would he? He'd no, be three exactly. or four times that, wouldn't he? So yeah, exactly. that's the way you've got to look at it, I think. So um, there's a little bit of risk in the sense that, as we were saying earlier, you know, mm-hmm. if he was 26 and he'd had three or four more seasons at that level, yeah. then, you know, it, things would be different. But you're buying a lot of potential there if you if you go with with him, I think. There's, there's risk, but with risk, there's opportunity, isn't there? Yeah. Usually. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, ah, interesting. Yeah. So the next 
guy on our list for potential um, placement. Yeah, I don't know if I want to let you say this one. Uh, <laughs> Omar this is... Marmouche. Yeah, Omar Marmouche, I think. Yeah, it's an easy enough one to say, really. <laughs> um, well, again, I mean, 24, good age, playing in, playing at Eintracht Frankfurt. Again, good club, good. That He's going to be learning good stuff there, isn't he? He's, he's going to be, uh, he's, he's going to be well. Seems to be having a bit of a breakout. Primed year this year yeah he sort of bounced around a bit on loan to a few a few different places yeah um was at wolfsburg until i assume that's the end of end of last season until the end of uh, the, the 2023 season then he got his move to to frankfurt uh, after a couple of loan periods at, at st paul st Pauli or st Pauli and and stuttgart as well yeah uh, but he's no he's, he's had a real hot start to to this season that's for sure he has I don't know they'll be delighted to have a, an approach for him, but you know, no, no, that's, that's where it, it goes sometimes. I don't, I don't know where Frankfurt are in in the Bundesliga at the moment. Where are they? They're seventh. Okay. So not bad. Just no, just outside the, you know, playoff places. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. Omar would be having quite a big impact on that, I would imagine. He would be. I'd have thought he would, yeah, for sure. So, you know. It's one of those, he's a real, you know, he starts, again, he's played in Europe. Mm-hmm. He starts most of the games for them. Yep. So, seven in 14. Yeah, it's um, pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah, so he's done well there. I mean, whether or not once conversations start, and this is the other thing, of course, if you're Leicester, mm-hmm. then, you know, not very long ago, you were you were very much an established Premier League team. Yeah. Um, where you thought you might be able to get a player for seven or eight million, maybe you won't be. You know, maybe no, it's right. going to be a lot more than that. This is the difficulty. You, it's hard to tell what is a realistic um, point to set these prices at because yeah. by virtue of the flat fact that these players are cropping up in our sample, mm-hmm. they're rather hot, you know. Yeah, they're doing um, well. Yeah, But, exactly. you know... I don't know. He's uh, it'd be one by the look of it that might be worth sort of having a look into. I think. Yeah, I, I would imagine from. I mean, not knowing Omar at all, we've <laughs> we've never met. No. Um, but again, if if a Leicester City came in, uh, you know, even even if I was doing well in the in the in the Bundesliga, you would have to imagine that the opportunities. Uh, from a from a personal point of view, would be higher Leicester City in the Premier League than they would be in uh, Frankfurt. Yeah, you, you know, would from, have a, thought from so. a financial point of view, anyway, because yeah. of the, the the way the the league is structured. Yeah, but um, but no, it'd be yeah. You know, no, I say, think I think there'd be a there'll be a they would be a very much a strong pull, wouldn't they? Mm, yeah, um, because just people. Be, it would just depend on whether, like you say, Leicester could get him for a price that they they wanted him to, because mm. clubs are going to know that they're very strongly favoured to get into the Premier League, and they'll get Premier League money to go with that. So, yeah, if you want to get to the Premier League, then you're going to have to, you know, pay out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always I'm never quite, I'm never completely sort of certain about the um, 
the contract details that you can find because I know from personal experience they're very often they're not right. But according to transfer marks, they re- they reckon he's contracted until twenty twenty seven. So okay. if so, you know he's got a fair while, if that's the case, mm. he's got a fair while left on his contract. Yeah. So um, you know he's going to be the, the club are going to feel somewhat secured because of that, aren't they? But as you say, you know, if club if club comes calling and the player really, really wants to go, sometimes the, the best thing to do is just, you know, make sure you get your price and you have to go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. The next one down on the list for Leicester was the, the chap we already talked about, Goodmanson yeah. at Genoa. Yeah. Um, just because we just felt that looking at the price, looking at what he's done, Mm-hmm. Looking at what they need and where he would come in the sort of rankings for what um being able to provide that kind of input, it just makes him a you know a good one. Good option. Um yeah. A good option. And you know, if they were to swap, if Leicester were to swap Mavadidi for somebody compared to Leeds swapping Somerville for somebody, then you know, I think they Leicester are likely to get a bit less for Mavadidi than Somerville would. Would yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I so think maybe so they well. wouldn't want to be pushing the boat out for a Hoang at you know mm. fifteen to twenty million. Yeah, maybe they'd I, want to keep it a I little agree. bit more reasonable. I agree because even though Mavadidi does have that Premier League experience, they've got relegated for a reason. <laughs> yeah, know, because those players didn't perform. So he's got that experience. Whereas a Somerville, you say, well. Probably his ceiling is is higher, potentially higher than a than a Mavadidi. So that's that unknown potential as well, isn't it? That could mm. attract you in and say, well, we know that he could be, um, he's good at this level. He could be, uh, you know, really sort of flourishing the. He could League, kick whereas, on again, yeah. Yeah, whereas yeah. Mavadidi's kind of been there and not really excelled to, to that yeah. point, which you know is difficult because it's a it's hard it's hard division. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, that's Leicester, really. So we've sort of, I mean, again, many of the of the names on the list were sim- similar to the ones we looked at for Somerville. So moving to the next player is Middlesbrough's Isaiah Jones, who, you know, has done well for them. It's made, according to our kind of computations, is their most productive attacking player this season um and and slightly different style to the other two that we've looked at um just looking at his profile really um probably a little bit less um kind of well i don't know i was going to say a little bit less physical but i'm not sure the other two were particularly physical um but um yeah, I guess what I'm trying to do really, Tom, is I'm trying I'm I'm waiting for you to pronounce the name of the first yeah. player. Do you know what? <laughs> I was just looking through saying and I'm I'm looking for how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so number one number one on the list, you're gonna give this to me to pronounce, are you? We've tried to murder yeah, it earlier. On. Yeah, you've Morgan Gilavoji, we'll call him. Now, I apologize okay. if that's not the way you pronounce your name, but you're probably not listening to the podcast, but feel free to correct us if if you are. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's an interesting one. He's he's around the sort of same age as, as Mavadidi, isn't he? Yeah. What's he, 25? Yeah, yeah. 25. Quite a, a big, big player, six foot two. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the first thing perhaps I suppose to recognise is, you know, this is Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough's budget would be lower, mm-hmm. you know. I, yeah. I just, it, I'm sure it would be. Um, and so we're trying to kind of steer towards players that have got this kind of um, similar profile to the player that we're talking about, Isaiah Jones, but are not so far beyond the budget that it was just a kind of hypothetical. Yeah. So we, we, um, we're looking, we were looking at around a hypothetical sort of 4 million euros. Something like that, perhaps. Yeah. At Lens. Yeah. Um, with a similar style. I mean, he's a decent age. Um, he's, what's he done this season? 15 appearances, two goals in the league. Played Champions League yeah. for them. Um, he hasn't started as many games as I would have thought he would have this year by the look of it. Um, but you know, he must be on the list for a reason, right? Yeah, he must be. So, you know, he's um, whether that work was done at his previous club because he was at Paris FC, yes, it could have been. I mean, this is maybe that, yeah, his move to to Lon and the maybe the competition is that little bit higher, Uh, yes. Does that play into the side of it? Well, maybe they could get him at a, at a decent price or maybe be more available. The player wants to play. Uh, maybe more motivation to, to to move on. Yeah. I mean, I'm just having a little... I'm just having a quick look through. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's one that... It's funny, sometimes when you look at the, the profiles and you go to places online and you... You look at the headline figures. Yeah, a player doesn't always stand out, and yet when you look at their their numbers mm-hmm. and you look at them in with a certain slant, as we're trying to do, yeah, they find their way into you know results, and so I think that just tells you well you're seeing something that isn't obvious to see necessarily, mm-hmm. and I think this this leads you. Rather than to say, well, you'd sign somebody on the basis, what it does is it leads you to take a, a closer look at them, doesn't it? And it That's exactly leads you, what I was going to say, yeah. Leads you to the technical scouting mm-hmm. sort of process and saying, well, let's, because we can look at anything, we can look at everything they do mm-hmm. um, and, and just try and get an overall feel for it. So you may well decide within 30 minutes of that that there are no. We may decide in three minutes there or no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. right. Yeah, no, exactly. But but, but I think it's... It's a process, it, isn't it? It is, and it's it's something that is not... As you said earlier, you know, if things aren't that obvious, hmm. sometimes there are opportunities, opportunity in those yeah. places. Yeah. Um, but and If you're not looking, you'll never find them. No. So I don't know. You know, he's there. As you say, it may be that he's there because he's registered good numbers at I, I couldn't necessarily see that he had at a lower level um and that could be the case because it's not easy I mean we're trying to take a you know a, a look at a lot of players over a fairly small in a fairly small window so we can't necessarily dig all that 
heavily into them. Yeah, it may be that he's played in the second division in France and a lot of his contributions have been made at that, that level and then he moves and then, yeah. you know, what you're going to do when you look at things carefully is you're going to factor that in, aren't you? But then we um, know from, from last week's episode, we know that um, League Two in, in France is kind of the equivalent to to the Championship, don't we? Yeah, League Two isn't far off, that's for sure. It's within, I would say, possibly, certainly within 10% mm-hmm. of the champ. So, you know, it's not it's not a ridiculously low level. No. Um, but um, nevertheless, yeah, that's suspect that's probably why he's ended up quite as high as he has. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he ends up number three on the list, you know, and we he's in amongst players that, you know, are costing many times his um theoretical value anyway yeah definitely definitely which brings us down to the next one tom yes i don't know how you pronounce this don't wait around on this one don't linger on this one linger (laughs) yeah okay so (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's that's gotta be that's how i pronounce it yeah that's how i would have gone with it yeah but it's andrev linger Uh and i'm sure that isn't how you say it but and he's playing for Feyenoord. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good level. 25 years old. Um, similar kind of money theoretically. So, you know, relative, potentially affordable. Um, and um, players have come out of of the Dutch league and done very well, haven't they? Yeah. So he's so, um, so Mr. Linger is a is a Czech international. Yeah, he's on loan from Slavia Prague at the moment to to Feyenoord, and um, he did well at Slavia Prague. Played eighty uh, eighty eight games, scoring thirty goals from an attacking midfield position, which is pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah, not bad at all. Especially as he's what twenty five now, so living in his early twenties. He's played Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, Hasn't played an awful lot, actually, at Feyenoord. So, again, I think this is probably, he's probably registered most of his numbers as to why he's here. Um, With Slavia. You know, with his previous, yeah, I would guess so. Um, That's probably why Feyenoord wanted him. Why they would have wanted him, yeah. I think so, yeah. So, maybe Um, I don't know whether that would be, I mean, obviously you don't know anything about the deal. Maybe it's a... A loan with an obligation to buy at the end of it, or an option to buy at the end of it. Maybe yeah. his contract's running down, so they wanted to, you know, get, at least get a loan fee for him, and and uh, and then something, something at the end. Who knows? Yeah. Well, again, you know, maybe some something worth looking at. Yeah. As you say, on loan, so opportunity to get him by the sound of it, unless yeah. he's committed. Um, but um, it's a name that's just kind of. Popped up, and uh, they've Feyenoord have obviously thought there's something worth pursuing. Absolutely. So, um, did Feyenoord win win the division last year. Into- yeah, they did win it last year. You're right. Yeah. Okay. They did. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you'd think having won the league. Yeah. If you're getting someone in on loan, you you fancy that they're going to strengthen your opportunity. Yeah. Again, aren't you? 
Yeah, so it, it seems like someone's done some work on him. So it would be another one, I think, that you'd probably say, you know, let's do some work. I mean, if you're with all due respect, but if you're Middlesbrough, you're going to be having to do work that you're not going to be walking in when players have done everything and and say, right, well, we've seen everything, so we'll t- we'll take them. Because probably, you, and I mean, they're a funny club, Middlesbrough, because, you know, they have spent money. Yeah. And then they've gone through periods where they've they haven't spent anything. So yeah. it, it's just I don't know what their current circumstances are like, but if they're like most clubs in the championship, you know they're not looking to be thrown around money willy nilly. So you know, but you you can potentially there with with Andre Linger get a guy who's had two seasons worth of Champions League football under his belts. Yeah, belt under the, at the age of twenty five. That's yeah, no, it's pretty Those good. Players aren't going to be, you know, streaming to Middlesbrough, are they? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. No, that's, that's that's an interesting name. I'll I'll keep an eye out for him. Right. So the next one is picking the ones that we can't possibly the ones we can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked out Solari. <laughs> Solari well, would have been an easy one. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. Well, it'd be too easy. So look. <laughs> Nenny Dorgeles, I would say. But, I mean, I don't know if that's right. At that Salzburg. Like you need a cream for. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bad case of the Nenny Dorgeles. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does, actually, doesn't it? Now I can't get that out of my mind. He's at Salzburg. He's only 20 years old. Oh, wow. okay. So, you know, this is... um, this is, It's good, you know. It's one of the one of the things that is good if it, if it works out for you. Yeah. Um, Plays kind of primarily left-hand side. Scores, you know, I mean, look, they've got to be goal scorers, otherwise they wouldn't be in here. Yeah. In that, in the last calendar year, I think he scored 12 in 50 matches. Yeah. Um, looks, looks like he's been out on a few loans. So, he, at, um, at, Red yeah. Bull, at Red Bull Salzburg, you know, we know that the, the Red Bull organisation are, are pretty good at unearthing. Yeah attacking players and strikers and, and all sorts of positions. But um, yeah, yeah, he's had two or three different loans. He was on loan at, at Vestalo last season yeah, um, and scored, you know, pretty much one in one in three, which is not bad for a 19, 20 year old, is it? No. And he's a full Mali international as well. So yeah, um, that's yeah, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Again, Champions League, you know, he's played Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get to that level, do you, without being... No, exactly. Somewhat it. um, it's not worthy like of it. Salzburg have been absolute whipping boys in the in the Champions League either, is it? You know, they've no. had some good results in there. So Yeah. So again, whether whether or not the sort of theoretical four million pound four million euro figure is sensible or or we don't know, but mm. you know, it's you wouldn't know until you start kind of really digging into it. But okay. twenty year old um, another one with potentially a good ceiling. Hmm. Um, it certainly seems like his loans have been progressive. You know, he's been playing at higher levels and he's been producing more at those levels as he's come through. So, yeah, I would imagine this could be a one season window where you could potentially get this guy for four million before he yeah. becomes 24 million. And well, all it takes is six. Six games, isn't it? You know, if you score a couple in a Champions League game or 
Yeah. You know, have a run of six games in in the first team at Salzburg, then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, it's it's kind of out of the reach of a lot of clubs, isn't it, from their budget? Yeah, I mean, there's a big, you know, 20 years old is a big, a big part of this, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Because you, you know, again, if you if you're spending if you're spending 15 million on a 20 year old, then you say, well, okay, we've got a, we've got the potential there, but we've paid a lot of money for it. There's a big risk, but mm-hmm. you know, and we don't know, you know. Again, we keep stressing this. We can't say that's it. We know how much it will cost, but uh-huh. that's the sort of numbers that are being yeah, talked about. Gone, um, so it's 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 still four million it's still not nothing is it it's still a decent amount of money for a championship club to spend but if you're talking about somebody uh, who's going to be producing Mm -hmm. in an attacking role for you then you know they don't come cheap do they no absolutely yeah four million Um, could seem like an absolute steal couldn't it if if someone was to score seven or eight goals uh, for you in the in the championship and yeah good good attacking output then Four million is is nothing, isn't it? If it gets no, exactly, no, exactly. So that they're the they're the three that we kind of picked on for Middlesbrough. Should they find themselves, you know, losing out on losing losing Isaiah Jones, who might kind of have a similar sort of impact for them mm-hmm. at a somewhat affordable price. Um. No, absolutely. No, it's an interesting. There's some interesting players in there. Definitely, there's mm. a few that I'd never, never heard of, which is which is a good thing because you you want that, don't you? you don't just want to get a yeah. list of the best, the best well-known players out there because we could have just put them into value order, couldn't we? And, and have people- well, this is the thing, Tom, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, we're trying to inevitably you're gonna you're gonna uncover some, and you're gonna spend time on things that turn out not to have been what you thought or hope they might be. But um, what we're trying to do is not just do the obvious thing and, you know, look, rummage through the newspapers and or the online and find where the rumours are and who's who's doing, who, who's leading the charts everywhere. Um, we're trying to kind of look a little bit more carefully at it and say, well, look, here's your player, here's their style, here's their profile if they win who might do that kind of job. These are guys that you could be going away and looking at because they they might be the best replacement for them if they do ever leave yeah. at some point. Or if there yeah. are any injuries that come up, which can happen over a busy Christmas period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really that's really interesting that. And, and hopefully it's given some names for people to go away and have a have a look at some I mean, mm. you know, uh, Huang and Amduni are probably more known to us because they've either played in the championship or they've played in the in the Premier League before. Yeah. Uh, but names like Goodmanson, Isaacson, uh, Marmouche, uh Gilavoji, <laughs> yeah. Finger and 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 the bad case of Noni Dorgelish uh, as well, which <laughs> yes. I'm sure will clear up soon. We'll send him yeah. some flowers <laughs> and wish him well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because there, there's some yeah. players there that I know that I will go away. Yeah, them. try and keep an eye on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, it. no, it's, they're, they're it's in interesting. here for for a reason, even if they're yeah. not playing regularly their new clubs. Um, but it is interesting that the vast majority of these guys have had a move within the last twelve months. Yeah, um, yeah, who we haven't heard of because they've played well. Where someone's yeah. gone, do you know what? We need to. I think this guy's worth a gamble. Yeah. So, um, and and sometimes it does take a little while to 
to settle into new new surroundings, doesn't it? So yeah, it does. It could, it could be an opportunity for someone now to say, do you know what? Before they really start getting on a hot streak, yeah, we can see the potential. Let's go in with a four million uh, euro bid or four million pound bid, because um, we think they're going to be, you know, an asset that's that's well worth um, well worth having. Yeah. Well, there's three clubs: Leeds, Leicester, and Middlesbrough. And they're three most productive attacking players, mm-hmm. and two or three possibles for each one. And we've got, you know, we've got this kind of thing that we're going to go over, haven't we? For for all the clubs that have, yeah. have um, we're going to look at their most productive player and say, what if yeah. you were to lose this player? Who is out there? Um, and try and uncover some more That's potential. It, try, and a, try and be ahead of the game. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Be proactive, mm. not reactive. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay, mate. All right. That sounds that that was really interesting. I I really enjoyed that. I think I really like the reverse engineering of it and and going about that and saying right, if we lose this player, who do we get in? Because we've talked about before, haven't we on previous episodes with that recruitment process of of having a board of of active transfer targets or, or active uh, scouting targets that yeah. we're going through a process of. And and it's just good to to say, well, you can imagine just in a in a room somewhere in the club, them saying, well, what if we did lose Somerville? What if we did lose Mavadidi? What if we did lose Jones? What would we mm. do? Yeah. You'd hope not to have everyone looking at each other going, well, I don't know. Well, if we, if we don't know. Yeah, we need to because they're doing well, and someone's going to come knocking. Or if there's an injury, we need to be prepared. If you build the player, the target matrix that we've talked about, um, where you've got literally whatever you choose it to be, five or six players for each position mm-hmm. that you've done your research on, you've done the technical scouting, you've done the conventional scouting, you've done the due diligence, you've got a feel for the for the numbers for the finance required and you've got those in place then you've always got this haven't you that we're talking about because you know you are going to lose players it's going to happen to you Absolutely. and but you've got to put that investment in place first mm-hmm. so that you've got that and it's not something that you say well right, that's it we've done that we'll put that away and that's done it's a constantly evolving um dynamically moving piece so it feels it feels a lot like i mean we we talked about asset values for players didn't we it feels a lot like if you're investing in the stock market and you're much more versed in this than i am but it could well be that there's a stock that you really like but the price is just really high at the moment you know they've they've been doing really well you know things are really high and you think yeah we'd we'd love to have that but i'm not really willing to pay that price for it of course, things change, don't they? And, and emotions mm. change, and, and maybe the the company or the player has a bad time of it. Some news comes out, and and their their perceived value falls. Mm. But the actual underlying, um, you know, reasons why you like the player in the first place haven't changed at all. It's just you know, maybe a manager doesn't fancy him, or you know, they've yeah. uh, someone said something bad about the company or something, and, and you say, well. They're still a good player. They're still the same player that we would have bought, uh, and now the value's at somewhere where we like. Maybe now's the time that we should we should go in and and get it. So, being proactive like that, it just gives you that window, doesn't it, of saying, well, if there is some bad news about a player, 
then perhaps now's the time to to go in and, and make a, a stupid offer for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you what they call the story, if the story doesn't change, mm. then you know, you're just looking for the opportunity to be right for you, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um sometimes I mean this is why talking about the stock market, but this is why all the money really gets made in the hard times mm. on the stock market. Yeah. Because what you call a rising tide, lift, tide lifting all boats, but it works the other way around. When something bad happens, everything loses money, even the good stuff. Yeah. And if you're keeping abreast of the of the story behind the good stuff, then you know it's going to get hit, not because it's bad, but because everything's getting hit. Yeah. And if you've got the money, which is the $64,000 question, yeah, if yeah. you've got the money in the bad times and the inclination to spend it, that's where all the money gets made. You know, that's where the richest families in the world have made their money, not during the good times. No. Anyway, there you go. No, it's interesting. Nice one. Well, thanks for that, David. Yeah. Really oh, thanks, that. Tom. And uh, that is, well, we'll wrap up episode 16 of Attacking the Championship and we'll see you all next week. Cheers, Ed.